morning, all. I'm going to ask Gabby if you can please pass out the, the papers that I have for you this morning. Thank you for being here. Um, Sister Christina said that we are making an investment in our lives, in our marriages, and, and that's why we're here. Um, from the moment that uh, Sister Sabrina asked me if I could, if I could bring um, the teaching this morning, I started praying. Um, I was asking God what exactly he wanted me to, to share with you this morning. And um, the topic that he uh, placed in my heart was to speak to you about a subject that it's, it's so important to have uh, for all the married women, for all the single women here, and that is faith. Matthew 17, 20 says, if you have faith as a small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. You know, in, in Bible times, uh, the smallest seed that it was known, it was, it was the mustard seed. It's, it's not the same for us. You know, we know there are smaller seeds than that. But what Jesus was trying to tell his disciples is, you know, something so little as this, you know, once you plant it in the right place, you know, you give it the right nutrients, it's going to grow to be, you know, it was saying that uh, I was reading that a mustard seed, that the tree is about 10 feet tall. So it's, it's a pretty large size tree. Uh, and that is the comparison, you know, something so small, if you just nurture it, if, if you take care of it, it's going to, you know, be something big. Um, and, and, and then the, he says, and nothing is going to be impossible for you. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. <clears throat> There's a lot of notes and, and a lot of uh, places that, you know, if you guys have a, uh, have a pen, you know, you guys can fill it out. If not, you know, it's very simple. You guys can take your Bible and, and continue uh, through this work study at home. Um, but in my study, it says, faith is an indispensable element that all who are called Christians need to have to be a part of God's family. Meaning the first step that we take when we come to Christ, it has to be by faith. You know, that little faith that God places in our hearts when we decide to accept the Lord, that's just the beginning. You know, and we all, we all need, need to have that. My hope is to steer that faith this morning in all of you. Um, all of us in our marriages at one time or another had or will face situations or circumstances in which only God can help us to obtain the victory. Situations such as, you know, the, love, the, the death of a loved one, an incurable disease in our husbands or in our children, a sick child, a financial crisis, a legal issue, a habit or an addiction, abuse, depression, discouragement, betrayal, neglect, etc. You know, and I left a blank there because I don't know what you're going through this morning. I mean, I pray that all of, all of us are, you know, having the victory. But if you are going through something this morning, just write it down, you know, just use that, that uh, space there to, to write your own there. You know, the list can continue to go on and on. Um, but it's in the midst of these situations that where our faith is tested. Our faith is also tested when everything is going well. You know, uh, we have to learn to give God praise, you know, when our, when our bills are being paid. 
you know, when um, all of our kids, our husbands are, are blessed having health, you know, we don't have any health issues, you know, ev everything is just flowing. Um, you know, when, when we feel in our lives that special favor that whatever we go, you know, we see that doors open up for us, you know, we sense that, that grace and that favor in our lives, we have to learn to give, God's pra to give God praise also during those times. Um, you know, when, when uh, God told the people of Israel that they were going to go enter into the promised land, you know, he said, make sure that you don't forget to give me the glory. You know, once you're going to come and you're going to inhabit houses that you did not build, you know, you're going to eat the fruit of those trees that you didn't plant, you know, you have to make sure that you're going to give me the praise and you're going to give me the honor. So it's not just, you know, through the time that, you, that you're going through the desert that you're going to remember me. You know, because at that time also, you know, there, there was a smoke, uh, a column of smoke and a, a pillar of fire that was guiding them. And that actually stopped once they entered into the promised land. So, but then, then the Lord reminded them, even they, they went in, don't forget. Don't forget that everything good that is in your life, it comes only from me. I want to take a closer look into the life of one man whom we call the father of faith or the father of, of all of those who believe. And this is Abraham. If you have your Bible, you can um, go to Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. I love my Bible, by the way. You know, I know that you guys have all kinds of technology now. I have it. I also have to have it. I have my phone and everything, but I, I love my I, There's nothing... It's a, it's a better sensation for me to carry my Bible and, you know, go to it every morning uh, when I'm having my time with God. Uh, so the Word of God says in Genesis 12, and we're going to read that actually at, until um, up to verse 4. The Lord has said to Abram, leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram left as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old. In this passage, we read about how God called Abraham to leave the city of Ur, which is, it was possibly northern Mesopotamia, and to head out to a land that he will show him. In this scripture, we also find the, the seven-part structure of the blessing that God was given um, over Abraham. This, remember, this is the first time that God appeared to Abraham, and he's, he's telling him what's going to happen to him. First, he said, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you, was the second one. The third one, I will make your name great. You will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. Whoever curses you, I will curse. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Galatians 3.6.9 says, Consider Abraham. The scripture is in your, in your notes, by the way. He believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Understanding that those who believe are children of Abraham. The scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announced the gospel in advance to Abraham, 
all nations will be blessed through you. So those who have faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. I'm just trying to bring you along, you know, so to, to see what is the, what, what, what's the, the history of our faith, you know, where, where all, where everything started and why is it that we're here today? He will see that God's blessings over Abraham and now upon us, his spiritual descendants, was never earned. You know, Abraham didn't do anything for him to, to get that, to obtain that from God. But on the contrary, it was freely given. You know, and the, and the completion of that was Jesus Christ. You know, and that's the reason why we're here uh, today. There are two aspects um, of our Christian life that go hand, hand in hand, and those are faith and obedience. Here in this chapter that we just read, in this, these verses that we just read, we see that Abraham believed in God's calling and acted upon that belief. If you read the history of Mesopotamia, you're going to find that this was a civilization that they were pretty, pretty advanced. You know, Abraham was already 75 years old. So basically, he was not a youngster. You know, he was not in his 20s. He was not, not in his 30s. And, and it said that, that Sarah was 10 years younger than him. So she was a 65-year-old woman, you know, when, when they both left. And, you know, they just didn't know where they were going. Abraham believed God's word. Abraham left his father's house. He left everything that was familiar to him. He left his existing comfort, you know, because they were, they were already, I'm, I'm talking about a civilization that was already uh, striving. And he went into an unknown place. God didn't tell them exactly where, where, you know, he was going. He just said, I am going to show you where you're going to go. So his actions were a result of his faith. You know, so I'm talking about faith and I'm talking about obedience here. Uh, James 2.17 says, in the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is death. So basically, you cannot say that you believe, <clears throat> excuse me, that you have faith, that, that you know, that everything is going well, if you are not being, if you're not, that, that if those, it's not, if your faith is not accompanied by action. You know, you cannot say I'm saved, but I am living like a devil. You know, there's no such a thing. God promised that he will go to work with them. You know, um, when, when the, the people of Israel basically went out, God was saying, I am going to go with you to work. I am going to accompany you everywhere you go. But there was something that they had to do. You know, they were not going to stay home and do nothing. They were supposed to get up and go. So that was, that was God's, God's um, telling them, I am going to be with you. I am promised that I'm going to be with you. But now you're going to have to be obedient. And you're going to have to go. And you're going to have to, to go to work. Uh, in saying that, it's, it, what, I'm, what I mean is, I am, when I'm going through a problem, when I have a situation, I have to bring my situation before the Lord. I'm going to read his word. I'm going to wait for God's direction. I'm going to humbly fast, you know, and, and I need those, if I need those walls to be broken, if I need God's help, I'm going to fast, I'm going to pray, I'm going to read, I'm going to, you know, be in church. Do all of those things because that is important for us. You know, that's something that God is expecting for us to do, we'll give him praise and everything. And when all of that is done, we're going to do it again. You know, it's not something that we're just going to do once. It's just something that we're continually going to have to do until Jesus comes or until he calls us home. Amen? Now, I want to talk about a God, a God of covenants. You know, God is called a God of covenants, a God of promises. 
So I want you to go to your Bible and read on Genesis chapter 15. And we're going to read from verse 1 through 6. And it says, After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I'm your shield, your very great reward. But Abram said, O sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless? And the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, You have given me no children, so a servant in my house will be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to him, This man will not be your heir, but a son coming from your own body will be your heir. He took him outside and said, Look up at the heavens and count the stars. If indeed you can count them, then he said to him, So shall your offspring be. Abraham believed the Lord, and he credited it to him as righteousness. Not that Abraham was perfect, you know, but what counted was on his account is that he believed God's word. You know, by then it doesn't say specifically how many years had passed you know, before, before um, you know, from the time that he left uh, Ur. But, it had, you know, the, he, he was still childless. You know, we, a few chapters later, we find out that actually 25 years passed altogether before, you know, Sarah it, it conceives um, Isaac. So it was, it was a, a pretty lengthy amount of time to be waiting for God's promise. So... What I wanna, what I wanna do this moment is, I want, I want you to think about a moment in your life, you know, a moment when you were praying for something in your marriage, with your life, you know, with your families, with whatever situation you had, and in that specific time, you know, you made a covenant with God, you know, you felt God's presence. You know, I'm not talking about our just daily prayers. You know, the we go we go to the Lord in the morning. You know, at night we pray. You know, we, you know when we're having our meals, we're also praying. But I'm talking those specific times in your lives in your Christian walk that you know for a fact that God was was doing something in your life. You know, you had a situation that you only God could help you with. You know, and in, in those times, you can, I'm sure that you remember that God actually touched you and that you felt his presence and, you know, you felt that inner peace saying, you know what, you, you know what, daughter, everything is going to be okay. Don't worry. Everything is going to be okay. I am in control. And, you know, all you could do was just to, just to give him a God the praise and the glory. Genesis chapter 15 depicts the covenant that God made with Abraham and the reaffirmation that he would give Abraham the promised land of Canaan. God tells Abraham the same thing he's telling you today. Do not be afraid. And I, I left that, that line then a blank so you can put your name. I want you to put your name there because this, that is the same thing that God is telling us today. So make it personal. Do not be afraid. I am your shield. You, that means your protector, I'm your king. I am your very great reward. Independently of all of Abraham's early possessions, nothing compared to the treasure of having a relationship with the living God. Nothing that we can acquire in our lives, nothing, it's as important as having the Lord you know, the, in our lives. The, he's the most important thing. He's the pearl of great price. You know, that's how Jesus calls it. So Abraham praised God in the midst of his despair and acknowledged that he was sovereign. You know, when, when God appears to him, God said, oh, sovereign Lord, you know, he starts telling the Lord who he is for him. You know, then he says, Lord, this is my problem. 
this is my situation. I have no child, you know? I, I, don't, I don't have a child. And, and, and I am gonna have to leave what you have given me, I'm gonna have to leave it to my servant. And I know in those days, you know, I was also reading that you could, you could actually um, have, have like an adopt one of your servants and give him everything, but that's not what he wanted. He wanted to have a child. He wanted to have a son of his own. Please know that even though many years have passed from God's first calling into the, to the ceiling of the covenant, God did not forget his promise. So there's another line there in your study that if there is something that God has promised you, you know, at that time that you were doing a covenant with him, if there's something there that, you know, there is still, you're still waiting for, write it down. You know, sometimes if we write down things, it's like things retain, and then, you know, maybe, maybe he already answered you, and you forgot to give God praise and honor for what he's done. So Genesis 15, 6 says, Abraham believed the Lord, and he credited him credited to him as righteousness. Even when our situations seem to the point of despair, we need to learn to trust in him. That is simple faith. This action of praising God and to recognize his sovereignty even in the midst of chaos is what justifies us before the Lord. You know, when everything can be going wrong in our lives, but you know, if we learn to say, Lord, what I'm going through, you know what I'm going through. You, you, you know everything, you know everything, I'm in, you're in the palm of your hand and you know what I'm going through and, and here, Lord, this is my situation, but I, I praise you. I praise you, I honor you, I glorify you, even in the midst of what I'm going through. You know, and, and, and just as Sister Krishna was saying, you know, you might be saying, yes, but you know what, you don't know my husband, you know, you don't, you don't know, you don't know what it is to be married to an unbeliever, you don't know what is abuse. Well, let me tell you, in my, in my case, I do know what I'm telling you. You know, it was a time in my life, you know, that I, I basically, I was a widow once, as I explained to you, but my first marriage was not like the marriage that God has given me now. You know, the, the blessing of that is that I had already known God. So I remember, you know, I remember one time in my home, you know, I remember praying, and I remember just giving God all the honor, and I, and I was telling God, Lord, I just need you to be the center of my home. That's all I wanted at the moment. Lord, I just need you to be the center of my home. You're the only one that can change the situation, but be the center of my home. That, that's all I wanted. And I remember exactly, you know, the year that it was, I remember what clothes I was wearing because I, I know that God honored that. And I remember that God met me at that place where I was, you know, I was all broken and, and, and you know, God, God gave me the victory. Now, I want, I want us to, to think between Abraham and we're going to bring it to Jesus. Matthew 7, from 7 to 11 says, Ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more would your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So that, this is the urgency, you know, these three small words. Ask, knock, and seek. You know, so 
don't stop asking. You know, God is saying he's our father. You know, maybe some of you, some of you had the blessing of having a father. Praise God for that. But some of us didn't have that blessing. So when we, when we, we have to learn, you know, in God's, in God's ways to come before God and say, you're my father, Lord. Father, you know, you can, you can give me, you know what I need right now. I remember, uh, I was just going through my memory, and I remember one time in our lives, you know, we, we, were, um, we were living in a two-bedroom apartment, you know, when we started our, our, our marriage with my husband. Um, I had three kids. I remember, three small kids, Eric was the oldest, so he was already like six or seven. And we living in a two-bedroom apartment, second story, we live in the, in, the, in the second floor, so I had to, you know, go down to the stairs and, you know, go to the laundromat. You guys know what I'm talking about. So it was pretty hard, you know, it was hard. And then I get pregnant again, you know, and I was praying, Lord, we're not going to fit here. They're going to ask us to move out, you know, because it's like it won't have one bathroom. And it was really hard. And I started praying, you know, and I started praying, Lord, you know, you know our needs, you know our needs. And we need a house, Lord. You know, we need a house. And I started praying for, 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 to God for a house. And my, my husband said, but, you know, I don't think that we're going to qualify for a house. You know, I don't, I don't think this is, I, I was a, a, a stay-at-home mom, so I was just taking care of my kids. And I actually, I had started working that year, I remember. But I said, you know what, honey? I don't know God is going to do it. But let me tell you, miraculously, God did it. You know, it was just, it was just God, and, and he did everything. So we had just moved to our house, I remember that year in 1999, and, and that was like in June. And uh, July, let me see, and, and um, when we had our, our conference, our June conference, we were asked if we could go to Chile, uh, because there was a need in Santiago, Chile. Gabby was a baby then. And we had just moved into our house, and we were like, okay. And there were all these, you know, family situations that we were having at the time, family that we needed to take care of. But we said, okay, Lord, so let's go. And let me tell you something. Chile is not around the corner. Chile is pretty far. So we had our four kids. You know, my baby was only 10 months old. Um, so there we go. You know, we just got all suitcases, and, and we left. And we were told, well, you know what, in, in Chile over there, you, when here it's, it's summer, over there is winter, right? So it's like, it's, it's a switch. That's why you guys, we have avocados all year long, because some of the avocados actually come from Chile. So, well, there we go, you know, and, and we, we were supposed to start over there, uh, it was supposed to start um, uh, the uh, summer over there. Had no clothes for winter, because, you know, with, with four kids, you just have to, to take with you what it's what is needed, really. And so we got there, and now, we, you know, we need a clothes for winter. Well, God provided. Let me just tell you that. God provided. You know, we went to a place, and, and we were received with, with such a love and such a care of all the people from over there that they became our family, like our immediate family, and just God provided. You know, God provided everything that we needed. And I'm saying this because, you know, just... Just obedience, you know, just, just a, a, an action of obedience, it just goes a long way. And, you know, then it was time for us to come back, and God has continued to bless us. You know, for me, the blessing, the greatest blessing is to see, you know, that we can still, we're all serving God. We're all loving God. My kids are still here serving God, and, and that's a blessing. 
you know, the greatest blessing for me is, you know, to just to know that my family is serving God and, you know, that we're, we're doing something for God. And, and, you know, for some, some of you, I know that you, ha- you might be going through a situation, but God, he is faithful. You know, he is always faithful. And all we have to do is just to learn to be obedient. So, um, nowhere in the Bible we find that we're only to pray once for what we need. Nowhere, you know. And Paul urges us in 1 Thessalonians 5.16 to pray continually. Uh, other version says, pray ceasingly, all the time. You know, we have to always be praying. You know, we're praising God, worshiping God, and asking God, you know, for the things we need. He's our father. You know, your kids don't have a problem when, when they say, oh, you know what, um, uh, mom, I, I, I need some shoes. Can you please buy them for me? Or, or, you know, when whatever we need, you know, just if you have a need in your marriage, if you have a need in your life, you know, you have to know that you have a heavenly father that he's there for you. You know, he's always there for you. The Bible, the, the uh, verse that we just read says, you know, if we, being evil, we know how to give good things to our kids. You know, if your kid comes and he asks you for a, for a bread, you don't gonna give him a, 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 a snake. You don't gotta give him a stone. You know, you're gonna, maybe, okay, it's, it's not just the bread that I'm gonna give you. I'm maybe gonna put some ham in it. You know, maybe I'm gonna put some cheese in it. You know, same thing with our, with our husbands. You know, we always try to do above and beyond. Now imagine God with us. You know, he's always going to bless us even more. All he wants is just for us to come before him and say, Lord, this is what I need. You know, this is what I need. He's, he's our father. You know, in whatever situation you have, you know, just know that God is there for you. Now, there's something to think about. I know that because of time, I might not have to, uh, time to speak about all of this, but you guys can do it on your own time. You have the scriptures. Um, because the Bible is full of stories of ordinary men and women that pray and believe for extraordinary and sometimes even unconventional things. And here are some examples. Maybe you don't, haven't even heard of them, or you know, sometimes we just read in the Bible, especially we read in the book of Numbers or Chronicles, you know, they're all these names that, you know, it's so hard to remember. Uh, one of them was Salophehad's daughters. You know, there were five women in the Bible, the Bible speak about. And I, I apologize, the, the scripture there is not Genesis 27, but it's actually Numbers. If you guys want to correct that, it's in your last page. It's Numbers 27, so it's not Genesis, but Numbers, from 1 through 11. You know, these women came before Moses because um, they asked for property for their father's, name, their father's name since their father had died and had no sons. And in those times, you know, that was just right before they were going to come in and, and um, conquer the promised land. So before Moses leaves, he's already given all the instructions to Joshua, and they were given all these laws. But they come and they say, well, we don't have a brother, and we don't have a dad anymore. You know, but now are we going to be just completely, just basically their name was going to be removed. And then they didn't know what to do. So they made a provision for them. Moses comes before God and he said, and God tells them, yeah, give them land. So something unconventional, but it was given just because they went boldly and they requested something else. Uh, the, na- the next one is Aksa. It was Caleb's daughter. And her story is found in Judges 1. 13 through 15, you guys have the scripture there. 
After receiving her dowry in the form of land, she asked her father for springs of water, and her father gave her double of what she had asked. You know, that, that's another example for us. Jabez was a man, his name actually meant pain. But he prayed to God for a blessing and for a change in his destiny. And the Bible says that God granted him what he requested. The story is found in 1 Chronicles 4, 9 through 10. And then I have Hannah, a barren woman. She prayed to God for a son, and God blessed her with one. And not just any, any man, but, but the Lord blessed her with uh, the prophet Samuel. And the story is found in Samuel 1, 10 through 11, and 19, 20. So these were men and women that we find in the Bible that were, you know, just like you and me. That they just came before God and they asked for something, you know. And sometimes there were requests that might not be the normal request, but those were the needs they had at the time. And God answered over and over and over again. So I, I want to ask you this morning, what is, what is your need this morning? You know, because we all have needs before the Lord. How many are in agreement with me today? So we're here because, we, you know, we, we need our marriages to, to be better, to flourish. We want our families to be blessed. We want our children to be saved and to be serving God. Amen? So those are our desires. So if you, if this morning, we're going to pray this morning so if you guys can close your eyes and bow your heads. I want you to pray for you. And if for any reason you are going through a situation that seems that it's only God can change. You know, you have a difficulty. You have a situation that only, only the Lord is, is the only one that can just change everything and give you a new perspective. Uh, you're praying for your husband. You're praying for your sons. You, you need a healing. What is it that you need this morning? That is, that is my question to you. If you do, if you want to come to the front, and I am going to ask uh, uh, the pastor's wives that we have here we can, that we can pray for you. You know, you can, you can make your way up here, and we can all pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, we come before your presence this morning, Lord God. We give you, Lord, the praise, the honor, and the glory, my God, because you are our faithful Father. We thank you, Lord, because you are wonderful, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, for just being in the midst of us today, Father God, and just we believe in Father God for you, Lord God, just to move in this place, Father God, today, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, Father God. We praise you, Lord Jesus. We glorify you, Father God. We thank you, Lord, because you, we know that you are in the midst of us, Father God. Hallelujah. We worship your name, Lord God. Hallelujah. You are holy, Lord God. You are wonderful, Lord God. Hallelujah. You are Jehovah Jireh, our provider. You are the God who sees our needs. You are the God that knows what we have inside of our hearts, Father God. Every need, Lord God, is not hidden before your eyes, Lord God. We pray, Father God, that you just intervene in your situation, Father God, for those doors to be open, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord God.